You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Daniel says, raise the roof. Oh. <laughs> Turn, turn, turn Daniel up. Let's turn Daniel up. Uh, I've got you at 130%, Daniel. I'm not going up any higher than that. You. That's as I was, high as... I was a little low last week still, but well, that's fine. We need to get Let's you roll. a real microphone. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 We've got we the iPad now. PC, a microphone. The iPad, I, I do feel like the iPad helped. You look great right now, by the way. Thank you. You do yeah, look how good. Many beer, how many beers are on that desk? Um... A few. A few. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Huddle Up a Football Podcast. I'm Tony, joined with guests from all around the football world. That's Daniel and Corey. Hello. Welcome back, guys. Uh, we've done running backs. We've done wide receivers. Today, we're going to talk about quarterbacks and tight ends that are coming into the draft, which is one week from today, because this is a Thursday show recorded on a Wednesday. There you go. I've got all my quotas. Checked all the boxes. Got it. The only yep. thing we haven't done is, let's just go ahead and start over. You want to start over one more time? Okay, that was a bad joke. So I've checked all the boxes. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had already put my head down. I was like, no, Tony, don't. No, today we're going to talk about the quarterbacks coming into the draft and the tight ends. Although Daniel brought up a good point. We're gonna, we've been doing the top five. Corey and Daniel have been ranking their top fives of each. Today we're only going to do the top three tight ends. The position, the the pool this year is less exciting than it was the last couple of years, and quite frankly, there's one or two that matter. Um, so I, I should say that matter immediately. Uh, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but um, we're going to talk about those players. Depot Samuel news. Do you guys want to talk about that? We did that before the show. Any speculation here you want to go over? I I honestly don't know if they're going to actually like trade him. They they were working to get a deal done with him, and he was the one that halted the trade or the contract talks, and then requested the trade. So I I don't know why he doesn't want to play for them. I mean they're a successful team. It's not like you know they're the Jets. So I, I'm I'm confused if they're willing to negotiate and pay him, which again we don't know what they've offered, but if they're willing. That's usually the issue, <laughs> that the team's not willing. <laughs> but they're willing, and he still says he wants out. So I don't know if he just doesn't like the um, – he doesn't like the Trey Lance-led offense that they're going to have moving forward. He mentioned that he doesn't want to play both wide receiver and running back, and that may lead to him requesting that trade. He just wants to be a wide receiver. So I, I don't know. I think I, – I think he'll end up back with the 49ers. I can't see them trading him. Uh, this could be wrong. Did I hear he wanted to be the highest paid non-QB in the league? I haven't heard that. I, Did I hear that right? I have not heard Every that. wide receiver wants to be that. So, yeah, sure. Uh, I'm not. Okay. I wouldn't doubt that's not true. Yeah. I didn't hear that. And I think if you <clears throat> see, here's the problem with these reports is if Debo says, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be a running back and a wide receiver, but I want to be the highest paid non-quarterback in the league, those two things together don't add up. 
Like, I can understand you being the highest non-paid quarterback in football if you are the most versatile weapon on the field, right? And he was effective at both. The truth is, Debo is a much better running back than he is a wide receiver. I mean, I, I really do believe that's the truth. He's not as polished as some of these other guys who just got their big contracts. He's looking around at wide receivers who got big money. He's not as good a wide receiver as they are, just period, point blank. He's not as crisp as a route runner as, um, why can't I think of his, Stefan Diggs. He's not as great of a, a, a um, he can't defend double coverage as well as Devontae Adams. I mean, every one of these wide receivers is better at their job than Debo Samuel is. His advantage comes into he's just an absolute playmaker with the ball in his hands. And so they give it to him behind the line of scrimmage and he makes stuff happen. If he doesn't want to do that, I don't think he deserves that kind of money. And, and so to me, that's the thing that doesn't make a lot of sense. We talk about, you know, Trey Lance. There were only a few games that Trey Lance really played the full game or even most of the game. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I believe that Debo played very well in those games with Trey Lance. So that doesn't make sense to me either. I think there's something in the water, but none of this makes any sense to me at all. None of it makes any sense. Yeah, Somebody in the live it. chat on uh, Twitch thinks he's going to the Pats. Somebody, um, oh my God, I see it. Which, I, which is pretty biased on his part, but I actually like that fit a lot with uh, the way Bill, che- Bill Belichick likes to use weapons and... Uh, I think it'd be a great fit for Mac Jones. Um, he'd open up their offense a little bit. I actually like that fit a lot, Carf. Well, here's the problem with that, though, is if, if Debo goes to a team like the Patriots, you have to expect him to be used in a, in a way like he's being used now, like an absolute I think they Swiss can do easily. Knife. But if he doesn't want to do that, then what's the point? Are we just going to have this problem oh, again next that, year? He doesn't want to do that? I mean, he doesn't want to be super productive? That's, that's what Daniel's hearing, is that he doesn't want to be a running back and a wide receiver, which I've heard that, what? too. Or Daniel's sources. Yeah, Daniel, who are your sources? ESPN. ESPN. <laughs> I've heard that too, though. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if that's involved in this dispute, could, but he has mentioned that. Could the Patriots, is that, uh, is that real? Could the, do the Patriots have the capital to trade for Debo? I, I don't know. I'd have to look into Everybody it. has the capital. Money doesn't exist. The Colts don't have the capital. Not without trading players. The Colts no, can't. they do. I don't they, think, can, they can afford him. The Rams could afford him. I mean, we're just all playing with Monopoly money at this point. But it's not money. It's it's, it's going to be picks and players. <laughs> he's not a free agent. I mean, you can't just go no, sign him. No, but he's going to want re-signed. If he lands on a team, I mean, this is kind of all but you have to first get out of the eligible for a new contract. I mean, yeah, him, A.J. Brown, Terry but, McLaurin, they're but, all going to get new contracts soon. But first you have to get the rights to negotiate a new contract with him. Right now his rights are owned by San Francisco. So... It's, it's not just fake money. I mean, something it's, has to I mean, be given to San Francisco in order to have the right to negotiate with the funny money. That's what I'm saying. Sure. But yeah, the team that gets him, even if they're out of money, they can yeah, yeah, figure yeah. out a way to get him. That part I get. But yeah, it's just like Tyreek and Devontae, the, the big name wide receivers that have traded teams this year have immediately flipped teams and then signed a huge contract. So if it does happen, that's going to happen with Debo too. And Bill... He's on a spending spree recently. So, he's, he's been uh, doing we'll that the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I love uh, that fit a lot. I really it do. It would be a fun fit. I think that could be a lot of fun. And they do need help. Yeah, it could be a lot of fun. He's going to end up on the Jets or the freaking Texans, and we're all going to hate it. 
Anyway, I'll put I'll put them on the trade block for you guys. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Uh, anything else before we get into quarterbacks? No, let's uh, let's knock out these tight ends real quick. Yeah, uh, Daniel, you're in charge of the All tight right. ends. You get one through three, and nobody's going to argue with you. Ready? Go. All right. Uh, there's one kind of landslide uh, to me. His name is Trey McBride. He's out of Colorado State. Um, he he fits the mold like prototypical tight end, 6'4", 250, basically. So um, the build that you want, um, he's just a super athlete. Um, in, in, in high school, he set the school record for points on his basketball team, and he set the school record for home runs and RBIs on the baseball team, and he was a star football player. So if that tells you anything, he chose football. Um, he extremely dynamic, best overall tight end in this draft. Um, good blocker. Sometimes he has a t- he blocks a little weird sometimes on tape, but he he is a good blocker. He has big hands, um, really good you know receiver in traffic. Uh, he won the uh, John Mackey Award this year for the best overall tight end in in college. Um, the only knock on him that I that I kind of uh, just kind of gathered here is that he only scored one <laughs> last year. He scored more in previous years, but he only scored once. He had 90 catches for a thousand and 121 yards, but only one touchdown. How does that happen? So I I don't even know. It's like you almost wow. have to try to yeah. not get that guy touchdowns. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Obviously, it's Colorado State, right? So not the best skill positions, you know, around that team. So I don't know if it was just a, a scheme issue or if it was actually him kind of in the red zone. But um, one note that I wrote down here on his final play of college, of his college career, there was a – he did a, fun, a fake punt – and took it 70 yards to the house. So just, just a super athletic guy. Um, yeah, he, he's, he's really good. And um, so Trey McBride is his name. He's the number one. Uh, number two, in my opinion, is uh, his name is Greg Dulcich. And he's out of UCLA. He's also 6'4 in the 240s. Um, super athletic. He ran a 46940. Um, pretty good vertical, 34 inches, 122 inch broad jump, um, did 16 on bench press. He actually scored five touchdowns on 517 yards on UCLA. It wasn't that dynamic of an offense, but, um, he did average 17.3 yards per catch, um, which I thought was pretty good. Uh, he added 40 pounds of muscle at his time in UCLA, which I really liked. Um, he's a really good blocker. Speed and toughness uh, was all there. Um, he's got the long hair. Okay, so he can't fail. He's got long hair. Uh, that's not. That's that's not. Okay. Okay. Listen, I I ba- listen based off the name. I mean, I hear career backup tight end like. Yeah. In redraft leagues, halfway through the season, he's going to be rostered at some point, and that's going to be for like the next ten years. He's going to have a place. Yeah. Greg Dulcich, write it down. Career Absolutely. backup tight end. <laughs> um, and then uh, and then just number three, I'll just kind of hit him real quick here. Um, I, I really like, it's a guy out of Texas A&M, Jalen Weidermeyer. Um, he's also 6'4 in the 250s. He's a little taller. He kind of 
profiles more as a receiving type tight end, not the best blocker. Um, he's very athletic, has, has a lot of good touchdown success, um, a lot of good catches in traffic, which is good, which is what you want at the next level if he's going to turn into anything. Um, but, you know, blocking, obviously an issue there with a, more of a receiving type tight end. Needs to be more aggressive. Um, when it seemed like on film when he was about to get blasted, even though he has good catches in traffic, he sometimes shied away and dropped a ball. He had, you know, some um, focus issues, we'll say. But, uh, yeah, those are my top three. But Trey McBride, clear number one, like in a tier of his own. He's like in tier one and then tier four is Greg Dulcich and then tier seven is uh, Jalen Weidermeyer. So, and then, and then kind of from there, there's a couple other guys that kind of just are in the mix, but those are my, those are my top three tight ends. And hopefully, I mean, a lot of these guys that get drafted late, I mean, you look at like the Ravens um, as an example, they take Hayden Hurst in the first round and then Mark Andrews in the third round, Travis Kelsey was drafted in the third round. I mean, there's a lot of guys that get drafted later that turn into something. I mean, George Kittle wasn't highly drafted. Um, so a couple of these guys like Kyle Pitts and TJ Hawkinson, they've been taken pretty early in recent drafts, but um, I, I, none of these guys, even as good as Trey McBride is, I don't think he's going to be taken in like the first or even the second round. So we'll just see who, what team they end up on and um, where their draft capital is and go from there. Hey, real quick, I, I'll i be honest, I didn't have time to dig into the tight ends this week, but I was just pulling up an article. Uh, Sports Illustrated has Dol- Dulcich as the number one tight end. Number two is Cade Otten, and number three is Trey McBride. Wow. Any reason why they might do that? Just they're trying to get creative. I have no clue. I mean, I, I'm not, you know, a tight end expert. I mean, I will say, I you know, in, uh, let's see, three years ago, four years ago, I did have Mark Andrews as my number one tight end in that draft. Uh, but I'm not a tight end whisperer by any means. Tight end's the toughest position, I think, to predict. And uh, maybe they see something in some of those other guys that uh, that some some others don't see. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's really tough to predict because it's the hardest position to – come right in as a as a rookie and produce let alone you have to learn a lot of blocking schemes and basically you have to learn to be a wide receiver as well so there there's just so so much to learn with tight ends so it's very rare for any of any of these guys to produce like year one or two i mean it, it even took kittle a couple years and he's a, just a freak so and in kelsey it took him it took you know, year two time. yeah yeah, year two, he was starting to shine, and then by year three, he kind of had a breakout. I mean, now it's like rookie wide receivers. If you don't show promise in your rookie year, everyone's kind of <laughs> tossing you aside a little bit. But, uh, yeah, tight end's just super hard. So, I don't know. We'll see. What was the other? Uh, what was the name of the other guy that they had number one? Um, Dolchus was number one. Okay, number Dulcich. two was Kate Otten out of okay. Washington. Yeah. Pro okay. comp Jason Witten. Yeah. Well didn't didn't uh didn't do any uh pro day testing. He was uh injured. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll kinda let the draft tell us what we need to know about these guys. If any of them get taken early, then yeah. we'll go back and do some more research on them. The draft will tell us a lot. Um 
Corey. Draft's also going to tell us a lot about these quarterbacks. It, it by really the way. is. Yeah, Very uninspiring group. <laughs> it, it really is. I think I, I we talked about this before the show. I think there's one or two quarterbacks that I really, really, really like a lot. Um, really, to me, there's if, I guess there's two. I don't want to go too far about that. I think there are two that I would really absolutely slobber over if I was an NFL general manager or a team owner. Um, outside of really? that, you think they're that good? No, I mean I think there are a couple that exhibit signs uh, that that have the skill set that the modern league is moving towards. And and of what's available, I, I'm not saying there are two that are fantastic. Like there's no Deshaun Watson. There's no. Um, Aaron Rodgers, there's no Peyton Manning of this class, but there are a couple of guys that stand out far and above the others. That's what I'm trying to say here. So let's move okay. on to quarterbacks. Um, let's let's do it again. We'll start at five. Daniel, what's your fifth fifth favorite quarterback? My fifth quarterback here. There's my notes. Show your notes. Show your notes to the class, please. Look at these guys. This is beautiful. Look at those notes. Oh, wow. God. Wow. Uh, my fifth overall guy, Desmond Ritter, um, out of Cincinnati. Uh, he's 6'4, 211. Uh, really good size. He just kind of plays a little lanky. But uh, yeah, obviously, Cincinnati, he took them to the college football playoff this year, which was very impressive for Cincinnati. Um, he's a really good leader from everyone, um, that has been interviewed from, from Cincinnati. He's kind of the, uh, first in last out type of guy. Um, will do anything for any of his teammates. Um, you know, pretty good overall athlete. I mean, he, there's just nothing that wows, you know, about him. There's just, there's nothing really special. He kind of does everything pretty good. Um, I would label him as a good, like capable backup. Um, if, if you were to put Desmond Ritter on your team, you know, he may play a couple games and then you're like, yeah, he's good, but not like, you know, going to take us to the promised land type good, but we want him on the team type of guy. So, um, he, he gets better every year. It seems like he's a four year starter, so he has good, um, experience. So, um, he, he, he is very experienced. He threw for 33, 34 last year, 30 touchdowns, um, eight picks, and um, another 355 and six on the ground. So um, he, he is – his deep ball is very average, average elusiveness. He doesn't really evade the tackle that much. Like when he does scramble, he kind of um, gets hit a little bit too hard, I think. Um, he needs to learn to go out of bounds, kind of like Kyler Murray learned <laughs> in, in the early days of his NFL career. But uh, Desmond Ritter, I mean, like we said, this quarterback class is uninspiring, so it's disappointing that even in my top five, I'm labeling guys as a backup, but uh, Desmond Ritter is my number five. I, I think I liked, actually, Ritter is somebody I think I liked a little bit better than you did. And I noted inconsistent accuracy. Uh, there were times where I didn't feel like he was throwing the ball to the right place at all. Um, he's yeah. got a very long throwing motion, I noticed. That's not going to go well in the NFL, right? Now he's, he's just a long guy. Long arms, I mean, long legs. Those I are mean, sacks. Yeah, everything in, about in him. the NFL, those yeah. are sacks. And those are right. turnovers. 
Um, no, yeah, that's correct. A yeah. DB can read like when you're winding up and you've got a yes. long throw that needs to be fixed. Yeah, and I, I and so the biggest note here I put is that he needs coaching. So I agree that he's not a immediate day one starter, but I don't believe he's a backup quarterback either. Uh, I think a team like the Lions, where they don't have a choice but to start Jared Goff, it's not fair to say that because they have so many early picks. They could take an earlier quarterback if they want to, but why not take? Yeah. Do they have the thirty second pick? They got a really late pick. Uh, in the first round, why not take the shot there? If 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 Ritter's still available, he could still be a first round quarterback, and with some coaching, he could sit behind Jared Goff while they finish eating up that terrible fucking contract that they just bought. Um, I mean, he could sit there and then be coached into something. Now, the one thing I like about the man, though, is first of all, he's a winner. You had said four years as a starter, and his record is forty four and six which yep. that, that doesn't always translate. We saw Trevor Lawrence lose almost every game he played last year, unless he played the Colts. In that case, he won every game he played last year. But that's <laughs> not the point. It doesn't but that was a bad year. That, that doesn't, was Urban Meyer experiment. It was, like, a, it was we'll a bad see. year. We'll see. It doesn't always uh, translate to the NFL. But the, the, yeah. the kid is a winner, right? Um, and, and there are some things about him. He's mobile. He's aggressive, like you said. He takes big hits. He reminds me a little bit of a bad Russell Wilson, like Russell Wilson light. A little bit. Okay. I can see yeah. that there. I, I I only ranked three, and I had him as my third. I took notes on a couple other guys, okay. but I put him as my third. Uh, Corey, what do you think about Ritter? Where would you put him? I have him at two on my list. There you um, go. And it, I think it all comes down to, like, I don't think any of these guys are round, like, round one QBs, except for maybe one. There were different circumstances. But I think if you had to take, like, you had to start one of these guys day one. I think Desmond Ritter's your guy. <clears throat> and I think it's just a combination of the leadership. I think he's smart. Uh, I think he's one of the, just like the smarter guys in the class. He's a winner. Um, all, all things that you guys said, but he's got the mobility. Uh, he does have accuracy issues and an average arm. He's not going to you know blow you away like Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, if you were a team like the Texans in the second round with the fifth pick, and you wanted, you know, someone to get your fans excited and fill the seats and get you some wins as a rookie. I think he's he's the guy to do it, um, and he's got the size too, I believe. So for me, those things are the reason I have him ranked so high. I think he just offers a little bit more maybe than the other guys. Um, yeah, I've got him all the way up at two. I think at the end of the day, the dra- draft class isn't great. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, Corey, go ahead and – who's your number five? Go ahead and let's do that. My number five, I've got Sam Howell. Um, I think five through three are kind of – you could swap them in and out. I just went ahead and put Howell here. Um, he's pretty athletic. He's six foot tall, so some teams might knock him for that. I personally don't care that much about the height. I mean, Drew Brees figured it out. If you're a good QB, you can figure it out. Um, His last year at UNC, the O-line was horrible. He was running for his life, uh, but he was super impressive the year before. Uh, So if he... Well, not only that, but he lost a lot of pieces. Like, he lost his whole backfield of Javante and Michael Carter, and then his... um, What was it? Uh, The two... Gosh, he had two wide receivers that now are in the NFL. So, like, his top four pieces were all gone, too. Exactly. So I think Sam Howell's just a hard one to read. Uh, I still don't think he's a first round guy. I hope nobody pulls the trigger there. 
Um, I think he struggles past the first read a little bit. He's got a really good arm. Um, he's athletic. You know, if if you need him, you, some design runs, uh, I think he can do that for you. So I, he's got some things to bring to the table. His last year did, was it impressive. So you're kind of rolling the dice on him, but with the right coaching, right situation, really with any of these guys, I think he can be successful. Um, but I've got him at five. Howell's another guy that I paid attention to, and I didn't. I only really put a number on my one, two, and three, and I didn't give enough time to feel like I could really, really be critical past that. But a lot of the things that you just said I agree with. I think he's a better athlete than most of these guys we're talking about. I think that he is a bit reckless, right? We just said that about the the, the about uh, Ritter just now. My comp for him was like a, a – Baker Mayfield. I mean, he looks like Baker. He's built like Baker. Yes. He's perfect. not as accurate as Baker. Okay. Like Baker was really, really accurate. When when yeah. when we were talking about Baker coming into the draft, he was like on point, not not throwing incompletions, not throwing interceptions. And that changed a little bit. I don't know why, but it did. Uh, he's just good enough with his accuracy. So in that way, he's not like Baker. Um, but I do feel like Baker that he has a tendency to put too much on his shoulders. And maybe he did that just last year because the rest of the team around him wasn't what it used to be. Maybe he felt like that was the only way they could win now that everybody else is gone, right? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I did like Sam Howell. I thought his deep ball was freaking sweet. I mean, he can launch it down there. I saw a couple of deep balls that were really cool. They were highlights. Take that for what it's worth. Um, But yeah, I'm interested in him. I, I would be surprised to see him in the first round. I agree with you, Corey. Where did you, did you have Howell anywhere, Daniel? Yeah, I had him at four. Um, so perfect. Yeah, he's the best deep ball thrower in the draft. Um, he did have a little bit of an accuracy issue sometimes, but um, he is, yeah, I think he's got probably the strongest arm um, in the draft. But um, one thing I wanted to mention too, um, his mobility was a lot better than some of these other guys that we're going we're gonna to mention. The only guy that has better mobility which we'll mention is Malik Willis, but um, he had 65 missed tackles and that is the most by a QB in a power five conference since 2014. So I, I wanted to note that that that's pretty good. So for the, you know, for the last seven seasons, no one's had more missed tackles at quarterback. Um, he takes a little too many sacks uh, for my liking. I know for his rushing, um, he, he has probably too much confidence when he drops back in the pocket. You know, he, he had like, yeah, he had 828 yards and 11 touchdowns on the ground. Um, so when he drops back, he probably thinks, yeah, if my reads aren't there, I'll just rush it. But, uh, because of that, he takes a little bit too long and gets sacked, I think a little bit too much, but a uh, very confident thrower. Um, he had 98 plus rushing yards in seven out of 12 games. I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, So the guy's a good overall athlete. We talked about Baker Mayfield. He's like a Baker Mayfield plus. Um, He's a couple inches taller than Baker Mayfield, but um, he's built the same. It is crazy when you're watching. (laughs) You just think of Baker when he's got that like upper body build and the way he rushes and just the way he psychs up his players. But um, I thought I'd mention this. Three games, okay, he had three games of 300 passing yards and 100 rushing yards, okay, in the same game, three games. The only other player to do that 
was Lamar Jackson, who had four such games over the past 25 seasons. That is huge. So, you know, he's, he's a good overall athlete, good leader. Um, UNC, I don't know if we mentioned that, out of North Carolina. But, uh, yeah, he is my number four quarterback. Also, oh, yeah. he probably doesn't belong in the first round. Hmm. Yeah, and I like I don't think Lamar Jackson really belonged in the first round. I think it like I think one of these guys will pop in the NFL and I think it's just gonna be by chance, like kinda like Lamar Jackson. Like I don't think anybody when the Ravens drafted him were like, Yep, that's gonna be perfect. He's gonna be he's gonna take him to the playoffs every year. No, they got um, ridiculed. He was supposed to be a wide receiver. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah he yeah. proved everybody wrong. And they I mean, God and they traded it they traded up. To get yep. him too. I don't know yep. if you guys remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirty-second pick. So, Corey, who's your number four? My number four is Kenny Pickett. Um, again, you could swap any of these five, four, and three out. Uh, Kenny Pickett. I, I, he's got the arm to make the sideline throws. He does that a lot. Uh, my biggest knock on him were his hands, which normally I wouldn't knock somebody for i was waiting have... for it no no i was begging for you to talk oh, about his tiny hands. little hands hey we oh, measured oh, our oh, hands oh, at work oh. one day you remember that i'm so happy i've got bigger hands than kenny pickett uh who hey wait, yeah. isn't there another quarterback that you like so much with small hands yeah kyler murray there we go I was, right, I was waiting for that go ahead yeah yeah but and normally that wouldn't be an issue for me but he did have 38 fumbles in college which is a lot that's a lot of fumbles um and in the rainy games he's a little more inaccurate you know underthrowing people overthrowing them um so i i feel like and i hate to do it but the tiny hands i think are going to be an issue here and i think that limits the teams that could draft him you know if a team is interested i think they're a good fit because they're an indoor team and any other indoor teams are solid but like a team like the steelers I don't think that's going to work, or Seattle's definitely not going to work. Um, I think it's very limited there. He's an athletic guy. He can move around and make plays. You know, they canceled the uh, slide cancel in college football because of Kenny Pickett, so he's creative. He can get it done. Um, I do Larry think – bird of college football. Uh, yeah, I think, I think his hands will limit his team's – you know, his options as far as teams – um, but like I said, I, I could rank him as high as three if I wanted to. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at on Kenny Pickett. I, I penciled Kenny Pickett in as my number one quarterback. I think he was my favorite of them all. I think he's the most NFL ready. There's another quarterback we'll talk about that probably has more upside, but despite his tiny hands, you just talked about, he changed, he changed the rules of college football. He also broke Dan Marino's records. I mean, this guy's the real deal. And I don't know. I don't know what to expect out of him, but I think the sky is the limit. There Again, there are other quarterbacks that I think have greater upside, but if I was an NFL owner or an NFL GM and I needed somebody right now, let's say I was, again, the, the Detroit Lions, and I knew that halfway through the season, I'm just going to swallow Goff's contract and set him on the bench. I want Kenny Pickett there. That, 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 to me, that... that to me, he's my favorite, and it's because of some of the things you said, changing the rules, breaking the records. Uh, he, he, just, he just seemed aware. He seemed able to read defenses. He seemed to be able to escape the pocket, and when he did, he didn't always break off for a big gain, but he didn't lose a bunch of yards there. 
I don't know. I liked him. I thought he was the most pro ready. Daniel, what do you think about, about, uh, are we talking about Pickett right uh, now? Yeah. Kenny Pickett. Yep. Same. He's my number one. Um, he is the most pro ready quarterback in this draft. He is the safest. Um, there's only one other guy that may or may not have a higher ceiling than Kenny Pickett. But if you're a, you know, an NFL GM that has to nail the draft, this is the guy you take. He's the safest guy. Um, he's a four year starter. So he has the experience. He's going to turn 24 before training camp. Um, so that might be kind of a knock on him. That's his age. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's a guy that you could bring in day one and he's already matured and played and has experience. Um, he's six three two seventeen. had a, had a decent combine. You talk about Dan Marino's records that he broke, um, not only at Pittsburgh, but, um, his 4,319 yards this year passing broke Dan Marino's Pittsburgh record, but also was the ACC record. Um, so he's breaking college records too. Um, his wide receivers dropped a lot of balls. I know Corey had mentioned, you know, a lot of turnovers there. I think that might've just been the kind of a lack of confidence maybe in his wide receivers. Although he did have Jordan Addison who that we'll be talking about next year, because even this year um, he's a little too young to go out in the draft, but he won the Bolitnikoff award for the best wide receiver in the nation for college football. And that was in part due to Kenny Pickett. Um, so you got a guy at Pittsburgh that is making players better around. It's true trash can. NFL is a different game. Hey, it, yeah. He won the Davey O'Brien award, best quarterback in college football. Okay. Led team to the AFC ACC championship. Um, he was the Walter camp player of the year, um, ACC player of the year and offensive player of the year. Uh, finished third in the Heisman voting. So, I mean, he, he stacks up against all these guys that are in this, you know, uh, in this talent pool, the same, the same people. He has great arm talent. Um, he comes from a very athletic uh, bloodline. Um, I think it was a relative that's very close to him was a linebacker for, um, for, I, gosh, I forget the team, but he, he played in the NFL um, good decisions on broken plays. I noticed that a lot. Um, when he's scrambling around, he's kind of like Russell Wilson. He had very makeshift quarterback, um, there. So uh, I think he should take more throwaways. He tries to make more out of plays that aren't happening, um, and throw it away more. And what you said, Corey, he takes some sacks and then some fumbles come with those sacks. But, um, I think Kenny Pickett's the safest bet here in this entire draft. I love him a lot. I've got a shout out for Trash Can Goat Gaming, by the way. Very loyal follower of DJ Silks. I know they have a great relationship on Twitch. If you're not following DJ Silk on Twitch, you need to. That's where he broadcasts uh, Huddle Up a Football Podcast live. That's where you'll see us basically before the show, during the show, and then a little bit after the show. So if you aren't on Twitch watching it, and I guess if you, if you want to see kind of how the cookie is made, that's where you go to do it. Thank you for being here, Trash Can. Corey. Try not to hop Mike into the podcast while Daniel's talking, please, because it's really hard for me to clean that up. <laughs> Dude, I don't know why, but my mute button doesn't work after I click off something else. But while I'm gaming, it works. Shout out to, to Daniel also for not missing a beat while Corey just vo word vomited all over his point. <laughs> Daniel, you're up. Who's your third favorite quarterback? Uh, my third quarterback, and I, I kind of agreed with Corey what he said. My three through five, they kind of all blend, and it was kind of just a crapshoot. But 
Uh, my number three quarterback is Matt Corral um, out of Ole Miss. 6'2", 212, so the body type kind of isn't isn't really there. He's kind of a smaller guy, even though he's 6'2", doesn't have a lot of weight on him. I was actually surprised that he weighed 212, and I think he was too at the combine. Um, but um, he, he has a smaller frame, so when he tries to scramble, he just gets blasted. But um, he turned down offers from Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, and USC to play at Ole Miss. Um, he had offers from all of them coming out of high school, so really good athlete there. Threw for over 3,300 yards in the last two seasons, 49 touchdowns in the last two years, and then 18 more touchdowns on over 1,100 yards in the last two seasons. This guy is, I wrote down, the smoothest passer of the draft. Um, you talk about like a spiral that you wish that your you know son or something could have. This is the guy. I mean, he drops back every just the delivery and the the ball when it flies in the air. The smoothest passer of this of this draft. Great ball placement on a lot of throws that I saw. I did see some off ones, um, but a lot of them, you know, guys are you know fading to the end zone. There's outs. There's slants. I saw him make all throws and led the wide receiver perfectly. Dare you say Drew Brees? Um, he's taller than Drew Brees. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I think he has a smoother release than Drew Brees. Drew Brees' release was kind of like a, it seemed like high effort every time. I don't know. It, it, it it's a better release than Drew Brees. Wow. But um, yeah, he cut down his interceptions from the previous year. He threw fourteen interceptions. He cut that down to five this year. So really concentrated on the turnovers, which is really, really good to see before you enter into the NFL. Um, beautiful deep ball with no effort, um, it seems. I know he doesn't have the the, the biggest arm of the draft, but um, you know, he could still throw up 55, 60 yards right on a dime. It's going beyond that is the is the problem. He doesn't have that extra like Sam Howell type type strength there. Um, some of some of his wide receivers had a lot of drops this year. So I wanted to point that out in, in last year, but um, so he had the smaller frame. I just wanted to point out some cons here when he gets on the run, his accuracy really um, depletes, you know, down. I, he, he, I never saw him make like a super accurate throw when he was scrambling out of the pocket. So that needs to change. And then um, he threw some easy picks um, kind of just some, um, <laughs> Brett Favre type, here you go to the DB type throws. But um, I really like Matt Corral. I just don't know with his kind of smaller frame that the NFL will view him as a um, as a as a starting quarterback. But uh, like I said, we'll let the draft decide where these guys go. Was Matt Corral your number three? It was. He's also my number three. Um, I like perfect. his arm. Wow, a perfect uh, match. That's our first one. Yeah. That's our first one of the off season. Perfect match, guys. Good job. <laughs> uh, I liked his arm. I liked the way he looked on film. Uh, I think if you're hoping and praying for an Aaron Rodgers of the draft, this is your guy. Uh, he, he just kind of makes it look easy. Yeah. He might be a first-read quarterback. You know, I, with the right coaching, you know, maybe that changes. The reason I liked him more is because I think you could plug and play him as, a, like, an RPO guy, you know, as a back – like. If you had to bring him as a backup and you ran an RPO offense, I think you could get by if you had a really solid team. So, um, yeah, Matt Corral, I've got him at three as well. I agree with everything you said. 
So, Corey, um, have you listed off two or one? He has two. Ritter was his two. Ritter was two. Okay. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm guessing I'm, I'm guessing your number one is the same as my number two. I would hope so. Well, or, it's got to be. Okay. You want, on it the may count not of, be. You want to do it on it the count of three? Be. You want to do it on the count of three? Wait. No, no, no. I want to hear Daniel's two first. Oh, my God. If it's not the same, Corey, you're fired. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Okay. Is no, no, Malik no, no. Willis is Malik Willis your number one? No. Oh my God. So Malik Willis did not even make your list. Malik Willis was number six. <laughs> we'll take it away. Listen, I, I Malik Willis didn't make my list. Here's here's the thing. Who is it? Carson Strong. Malik Willis. He's getting all the hype because of his what he did at the combine. He's got a big fat arm. He can sling it. Okay, he's athletic. He can run around. Um, but he's a one read quarterback. He's not going to be able to make throws in the NFL. The only way I see Malik Willis being successful is if the Ravens draft him and you can plug him into that offense. That's the only way I see it being successful. Um, so if the Ravens are on the fence about re-signing Lamar Jackson, perfect. Bring in Malik Willis. He can be successful. Um, but he doesn't have the arm talent of Lamar Jackson, so there's going to be some coaching involved there. I The hype around Malik Willis is insane to me. Um, I, I just don't see it. I think he's a one-read QB. Yeah, he's athletic. You know, I could see a team like the Saints or, you know, use him as a Taysom Hill, sure. But he's, he's not a starting quarterback unless he's on the Ravens. That's, that's just the way I see him. Um, Any other year, Corey, I'd give you so much more grief for this, but this is just such a weak quarterback class. I will say, I will not be shocked at all if Malik Willis is a top 10 pick. Really? Yeah, because of his upside. I think, you know, I kept mentioning Kenny Pickett, and he's the safest bet. Malik Willis has the highest upside, in my opinion. And I agree. Because that, of the, that was the quarterback the I was threat. referencing. Because of the dual threat. And I noticed humongous throws. I noticed a lot of things that Corey said, too. Uh, the, the kid needs a lot of coachings. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's no quarterback yeah. prospect that is, like, seamless in this draft. Yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. going to be a lot of negatives. But, yeah. Okay. Corey, who is your number yeah. one? Oh, I, I, well, I'll do, my, I'll do Malik Willis okay. real quick. Okay, go ahead. Um transferred from Auburn. He had 27 touchdowns through the year and then 13 on the ground. So Corey, we're talking about deep threat or, you know, dual threat. He had 878 yards rushing and almost 3000 yards passing. So that's what NFL teams will, will like. I know, yeah. I know Lamar, yeah, the Ravens Lamar will like it for high, sure. well, Ravens will be a recipe. So they saw what you know, the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson. And if there's another team willing to build their offense around a guy Ooh. like that, that could be, that could be it. And, yeah. and the Ravens were not a team like that. I mean, look at Joe Flacco. He was their starter for 10 years. It was basically freaking Stonewall Jackson in the pocket. <laughs> and it was a worse pocket passer than Matt Ryan. I mean, the guy had zero mobility and the Ravens were just like, you know what? let's totally flip the script and let's build around this dual threat guy and have the best, best rushing offense in the league that never happened. So you never know what team is just going to flip the script yeah. and do that. In in my mind, somebody might be willing to do that, but you're not getting as good of a football player as Lamar Jackson. No, and I, I would argue that Lamar Jackson at 32, I mean, 
I think that's about right. I don't think Lamar Jackson, I don't think his performance warrants a big fat contract right now. Well, you can't I, say that now. He was the unanimous MVP. When? A couple of years ago? Yeah. He's been hurt since. Last right. year he got hurt. Now, 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 now. This is about rookies. We'll talk about Lamar but Jackson. He was 14-2 and two that year. But anyway. Well, what I'm getting at is if he's less of a talent than Lamar Jackson, then top 10 is just ridiculous. That's what I I'm getting. Because, because of Lamar Jackson. Because, he will be top 10. Because of Lamar Jackson and because it's a diluted quarterback class, I do agree with Daniel. I think he's going to be overdrafted. I, I don't know how he, it's going to it turn out. He will be overdrafted. I don't know how it's going to turn out. That's what I'm saying. I don't yeah. I don't think he deserves to be top 10. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I, you and I are in agreement, Corey. He doesn't deserve to be top 10, but because of Lamar Jackson and, and Kyler Murray, by the way, and some of these other dual threat guys – the NFL, they can see it. Like he, that's the future. They don't just draft pocket passers anymore. The guy's got to do multiple things. There's, there's no more Tom Brady's. It'll happen. The guy's got to have multiple attributes. Like a Kenny Pickett, he has to do. He has to be able to do both. But I think because of Lamar Jackson, Malik Willis will be overdrafted. But um, I, I just some random little stats here in. In high school, he actually played high school in Georgia, which is a highly competitive high school state for football. Um, he was the 7A, so the top, you know, something that's actually worth mentioning. He was the offensive player of the year, and they won the state championship, and that's in Georgia. Um, so the guy knows how to win. As far as going to Liberty, he transferred from Auburn. So he actually did what he, he was highly touted out, out of high school, but transferred to Liberty from Auburn. Um, like I said, the dual threat and the frame, he's got a super strong arm. I mean, we saw him throwing 65 yards. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. He had a hundred plus rush yards in five games. So got people in the NFL are going to look for that. He has really strong hands. Um, so I, I, I like Malikulis a lot, but yeah, Corey, uh, go ahead and let me know. Is it Carson Strong? Yeah, Carson Strong's my number one. Okay, okay, all right, it, go for it. Hit it. So here's here's your knock on Carson Strong. It's his knee injury. Um, <clears throat> the cartilage in his knees are it's degraded. Um, he had an off season surgery to put. I don't understand if I need to look more into it, but they've either put a placeholder like fake cartilage in his knees or a cadaver cartilage in his knees. I'm not sure. Um, the thing was it's, it's whether his, his body accepts this cartilage or not, which by now NFL teams will know. And I think if it didn't accept it, we would also know that. So I think at this point you've got to assume that this surgery was successful. If you're just looking at these quarterbacks from, just their skill perspective, Carson Strong's, I think the only one that you could argue as a first round talent, he's got the best arm in the draft. He makes NFL throws. Uh, he's a good processor. He looks really good on film. He's just got the knee issue. You know, if there's like a team like the Colts, if Carson Strong drops to the third round and you can snag him there, it's a perfect guy to sit behind Matt Ryan for two or three years. And he, he's got all the talent. So, as long as this knee thing is fine, which I think it, you know, I, I think it's bad to assume it's not um, with today's medicine. I think if, 
if these teams are doing the right research and everything looks good, I think this is your best quarterback on the board, um, hands down. I, I think he's the only guy with first-round talent. Daniel? I think you hit on the biggest red flag is the the medical. Um, and and that, that is scary enough to get him two teams like the Colts. You know, he – I. I highly doubt that he will be drafted in the first round, even though arm talent wise, he is truly one of the best in this draft. I, I saw throws that, that he was making that the NFL starters last year couldn't make. But like you said, the medical history, it's significant enough to scare off some NFL teams for sure. Cause they are, uh, unless he goes in like the second or third round, then the risk just keeps getting less and less. So you're right. He could end up on a team like the Colts, you know, in the second round, mid second, you know, third round, anything like that. Uh, the the farthest he goes, you know, deep in the draft, he'll get drafted by a better team. And hopefully his degenerative knee um, can, can heal and, and, and hold up just fine. He doesn't have any, you know, willing, he, he has, you know, zero speed on that knee. He's very Stonewall Jackson. Like I mentioned, Joe Flacco back there with it, but um, yeah, as one of the better overall talents. Sure. I, I see, I see a lot of comps to like drew blood. type, uh, you know, quarterbacks, which if he turns out to be like a, like a drew blood. that would be great. Um. But yeah, I was, I was trying to read a little bit more on this knee here. He had multiple procedures on his right knee and the same knee he had surgery on to repair some type of lesion before his senior season in high school. So he's had multiple, um, yeah, eight nails were inserted to affix his knee to the leg bone. And that was in high school. So that's obviously healed because he did pretty well in college. But yeah, multiple surgeries on on you know, the knees is not, not something that NFL uh, scouts are, are going to look over. I'll say that. So, well, like I said about this whole quarterback class, it really doesn't matter. The draft will decide what this class is. (laughs) And Carson strong might be a guy that gets drafted like, you know, number three or number four, as far as overall quarterbacks. Um, So we'll just see where he goes. And, um, yeah, I hope I hope it works out because I like I like him as a guy, super good leader. Everybody that um, you know played at Nevada, all the Nevada coaches could not say enough good things about him from what I've read. So hopefully, guys guys like that just you know they have, they have a place in my heart. I really hope they do well. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle up. Team on three. One, two, three.